vamos a, a, a grabar uno en inglés. Welcome to the Broski Doodles Podcast, the best podcast in all the land. It's your boy Kiko Flow, Kiko Cervantes. Today we got a very, very special episode. We got a guest that it's not the first time he's here. It's not the first time. No, it's not the first. It's never. Actually, the first time was a very long time ago. Anyway, it was beautiful. We got Chef Maurice. Not only a great friend of mine, but how do I say this? An idol, uh, a star in the world of culinary satisfaction of gastronomical orgasms of food climax would you say you're a connoisseur of mouth-watering experiences i feel like that might be the the best way to put it for that sure shit, that shit tingled your balls when i yeah, said yeah yeah okay okay i'm gonna ha i'm gonna have to start using that for sure all right all right for shizzles for shizzles so Mouth thank you for thank thank you for joining us today. The hat today that you're wearing, where, where is that from? Is this a team or is this uh, motherfuckers United? What's what's up? <laughs> it is a team, Inter Miami. Oh shit, they're gonna fuck me up now. Inter Miami. That's is that a? Do they play in the MLS? They do play in the MLS. And how they do? They made the playoffs this year for okay. the second time in team history. So they lost. And they lost. <laughs> Any famous players there that we know? Uh, Gonzalo Higuain. Oh, he used shit. to play for Real Madrid and yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. And he AC did really Milan. well back in the day, though. Okay. That's the, the, the main one right now? Mm, that I can think of, yes. All right. They, sure. they, they signed a couple of players last year from Juventus. And then in San Francisco, where you're based... You have a, a team that's uh, that's near, right? Is is that the team from the LA Galaxy? Is that a David Beckham's or David Beckham bought the Miami one? David Beckham bought the Miami, the Inter Miami one. Okay, so Inter Miami is David Beckham's, and then in the yeah. LA Galaxy is one of the the bigger ones, right? Well, with, with a lot of stars and shit. Yeah, in LA, closer to me, I have a, the Earthquake. Oh, the Earthquake, the San Jose San Jose earthquake. Earthquakes. Oh yes. fuck. Okay. <laughs> What do you think? Have you gone to these games? <laughs> I went to a San Jose, San Jose Earthquake game. San Jose Earthquake. What's Very the feeling cool. like? Oh, it is like, okay. In comparison to like other American sports, well, this is not oh, a, okay. a, an American sport, but compared to like going to a football, like, you know, actual football, okay? It's like, it's like football with a hand, okay? <laughs> football or baseball or hockey or basketball. You know, compare that to MLS, soccer. It's soccer. How is the feeling? Are they catching up to the fever? Is it still missing? Or is the fucking scene there? Is the culture there? Has it? Because back in the day, like in the 2000s, it was still very, very, very small. It was still like a little child that was growing, the MLS. But now it seems that, you know, the games look like, you know, like you're in Europe, kind of. How did you feel about it? They're certainly building smaller stadiums so people can fill them up and feel... A better atmosphere at it. Uh, this stadium in San Jose is small. I think it's eighteen or twenty thousand, and you're very close to the pitch or the field. Um, and it was packed, and it was like a shitty game. San Jose yeah. against Avalanche, the Colorado Avalanche. It yeah. was, it wasn't like the big teams, but you know, San Jose Earthquakes apparently have a a, a rich 
history in soccer, thanks to uh, the Mexican and Central American communities here. So yeah, the stadium was was filled. They were singing. They they had flags, and it was very. I like the atmosphere. It was very nice compared to other games like football or baseball. Maybe it just it had a better atmosphere. I think. Oh really? Because, yeah, I mean, even though the the football stadium for the 49ers, for example, it's much bigger. I think it's eighty thousand, and it was full. But there's no no singing or there's no you know flags. Or, it, it's a different atmosphere no, for sure. No stabbings. <laughs> no stabbings. No. Yeah, and and it was. Those are fun. Don't get me wrong. Like. Going to a football game is fun. Going to a basketball game is fun because I think the basketball game it's more enclosed. You're in the in the arena and everything's closer, and you hear all the chants, and it feels louder just because I think it's close. It's a close environment. But I think uh, soccer stadiums are are fun to go to, regardless or of, of the. It, it city. is true that it's a different dynamic, and I think we've, we've talked about this in the podcast in the past. In contrast with American sports and, and you know sports in in the world in general, you have a lot of breaks and moments of pauses in American sports, and mainly that's to put in you know advertisement. But I think that for people that in general are already losing uh, the ability to to retain certain uh, you know attention to things, you know they quickly need to move. If you don't keep them engaged and there's like a pause and there's like a break, I, I I think that unless you're like a big fan, the casuals are not gonna engage. And with with soccer or or football, it has a a peculiar thing about it that you have two halves, and they're quite long and they don't stop. So you have to be engaged in the game at all times, and and that makes it different from pretty much. All sports, I think, it's very rare to find a sport that goes so long without stopping for for anything. I mean, yeah, you have falls and shit, but even that is accounted for. And you kind of know when the game's gonna end. You have a little bit of 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 a room at the end that it could very very you know very small, but in general, you know how long the game's gonna go. With baseball, with basketball, therefore they can go whenever. Like you don't you don't know when the game's gonna end. And I don't know if that's well, on purpose or, or if that actually makes it harder for casuals to follow it. That's, I think that's the best part about time sports. So f soccer has, has a certain time. And even though American football has times, like you said, it does have a lot of stops. So it doesn't make it, I mean, it makes it appealing in other ways. Now, like you said, advertisement, but I think now they're doing more stops so that you can bet so mm. you have certain gaps where you can make bets and that seems to be a big big thing damn now i didn't even think about it that way so fuck advertisement we're gonna stop the game well, in quarters and fucking call it the betting corner <laughs> well now I, I would say i don't know like 20 or 30 percent of advertisement during the games is it's sporting or it's sporting betting bet. stuff you think this has to do with the fact that uh, it's becoming legal in certain states? Yeah, for sure. It has to be. Right. It has to okay. be. That's actually pretty cool. Um, you, you can bet from your phone. So you can be in the stadium watching the game and betting from your phone while there's a stoppage or something. So That's crazy because there used to be a blocker that was going to a place to bet. 
not all places are like this, but they tend to be filled with specific characters, right? There's, there's a, an atmosphere there uh, of certain riff-raffiness, right? And the fact that you can do it from your phone means that a suburban kid that might be intimidated to go in one of those places can just do it from the phone. So for people that want to make that money with betting, not the bettors themselves, but the companies that take the bets, it's like a perfect time for them to explode. And, and the U.S. being such a capitalist country, uh, it seems like it's just going to blow up. Uh, I don't know if in a good way or, or a bad way, but I am open for people to be free to do whatever they want with their own money. So, I think it, it has also helped sports that Las Vegas is now open to having professional teams. So before there wasn't a sports team in Vegas because the openness to betting that now the leagues are more open to it and betting is part of the sport that, you know, that's one of the reasons hockey is now in Vegas. That's what, one of the reasons that uh, the, the Raiders that used to be the Oakland Raiders in, in the fo in football, now they're moved to Vegas and they're Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, a lot has to do on what they move stadium because it, they couldn't build a stadium in Oakland, but also the, the easiness to go to a casino right before the game. I went to the stadium. I didn't watch the game, but I went to the outside of the stadium and it's, it's across the street from, from all the casinos and all the betting. Places. Yeah. But I mean, so, I mean, I, I guess, no, I guess, I mean, there's gotta be a reason where like people feel more inclined to, to do betting if you're in that atmosphere, but you could do the betting even if there wasn't like a casino right, around. Right. But no, but I guess it, you know, and people, when they go to Vegas, they want to do dirty things, you know? Have you gone what to happens, Vegas? Oh, you just told me you did. What uh, happens sorry, in Vegas? My yeah. short time memory. Do you think Vegas, Vegas is what is what they say? Or is it overrated? Overrated for sure. Oh, really? It's it's 110 degrees in, in winter. I mean, not really, but it's hot all the time. You're in the middle of the desert. Um, there's nothing to do in Vegas other than the strip. So I don't know. It, it's a very overrated place okay. for sure. The, I mean, at least for me, but I've worked with people who like to go to Vegas on the weekends and, yeah, I don't know, go party. Or... I got to go to, 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 to get to know mm -hmm. it once, but it does feel like the place that is probably not my type. Um, you know, what is underrated, I hear, the suburbs around Vegas for house pricing and, and the, the, the return on your investment that you can get. But that's another story. We're also starting um, uh, a podcast that has to do with real estate. <laughs> okay, we're getting a real estate license, so so we'll talk about that in, in when that time comes. But uh, let let me talk to you about what I really wanted your opinion on and and your insights. You know, you are a chef, you are someone. You know, I mean, rest in peace. But you know, Tony Bourdain looked up to you. You know, he knew of your skills, of the of the elegance that you had in the kitchen. And part of being a chef, and also part of being an athlete, we're just talking about sports is you gotta embrace your inner star. And I heard an artist say this recently. You know, he's like, look, sometimes you're put in situations where you you think you're 
over yourself, meaning you're doing something that maybe is too large for what you thought you could do, right? You're, you're overwhelmed by a situation where you're put in the spotlight. And in those situations is when you need to embrace your inner star and believe that you are there for a reason. You deserve to be there and fucking kill it. And I think that we've all had this type of situations in your job when you're trying to, you know, pick up a girl, when you're, when, when you're moving forward in life. Do you struggle with this? And, and also, what are some of the things that you tell yourself or, or practice to know within you? No, no, no. I'm not just called the king of the kitchen. I am. <laughs> Damn. Do I need to pull my dick out? I you can like caress it. To... You, you, you can <laughs> caress it while you speak. Damn. I think I just got a heart listening to it. It, it does happen. I mean, the Broski Doodles <laughs> is a weird podcast. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I'm very, I'm very uh, humble, you know, humble beginnings. And I, sometimes you have to believe it. You have to say, like, you know, I'm in this shit for a reason. But sometimes it's hard to believe it. Sometimes you know. doubt it. You have, I mean, you have to doubt it, but you also have to be strong enough to believe that you're there for a reason, right? Okay. Sometimes, I mean, because like I'm thinking, okay, what could be some of the of the strategies, right, that you can put in place when you might feel like you're doubting yourself, right? Like maybe, maybe you grab your your Dickaloonie and you say to yourself, you know, it ain't. It ain't the biggest. It it ain't the meatiest. It's not the juiciest. But when it's out there, it goes harder than a motherfucker. It does it with love. So it sometimes you gotta you got you gotta remind yourself of what it is you're <laughs> capable of and, and stop doubting. And you know, okay, people who listen to the brusky doodles, they might be in the morning jogging to their job. And many times they listen to the broski doodles. Sometimes they're jerking off and they put the broski doodles in the background. No, it happens. It happens. And, and we're cool with it as long, you know, don't tell us, but you, you know, you're cool to do whatever you want. We, we have, we have learned that a lot of the people that listen to the podcast actually put it while they're having sex with their partner. So, some is heterosexual sex. Some is not heterosexual sex. And we're cool with that too. We actually embrace it and we support it. We're allies. No, we're, we're allies of the movement. <laughs> but some people might be coming out of a club where they just listen to DJ BJ do some dark techno and they're taking excessive amounts of ecstasy. Things which we don't condone. But if you're listening to the Broski Doodles, then, you know, we're happy. But we also want to get to your heart. It's not only to your dick or your genitalia. We also want to get to your heart. And sometimes we do come with that knowledge. We come with that wisdom. And I want to tell everybody that's listening, all the broski doodles and all the broski daddles and all the broski dadettes. I think that's for like the, the ones that don't know, you know, which is cool if you don't know. Start knowing quick because life is going to be hard if you don't know. If you're doubting yourself, if you're at your job, let's say you're working at Taco Bell and you just got there five minutes late. And your boss is a piece of shit. You know, typical, typical, what's a typical assistant manager piece of shit name? <laughs> like, I'm trying to think like Daniel. 
or fucking uh, I mean Mauricio would be very good nah Mauricio no. I, I think Mauricio is like oh that fucking yeah the the Rudolph? riffraff Rudolph uh, Rudy Randolph 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 is a piece of shit assistant manager <laughs> that when he was made assistant manager his his head exploded and this he's motherfucker thing, ego. he thinks he's the vice president so you get I know, the fi- I know I know one I work with somebody like that it's... you work with a Randolph and you arrive five minutes late and this motherfucker yo to Taco Bell right which hey nothing against Taco Bell we're fucking stakeholders we're pro we're pro yeah uh, we're stakeholders we're pro Taco Bell we hold the stake you go to Taco Bell, you're five minutes late to your shift. Fucking Randolph is giving you shit, trying to look cool to the other girls that are new. Like, oh, I'm Randolph, the leader. People know he's Randolph, the fucking retard. <laughs> and he starts lecturing you about how you don't have any fucking work ethic. You come work late to Taco Bell, you piece of shit. That's how Randolph talks. Somebody's going to fuck up Randolph one day after the shift and put... <laughs> And you're thinking to yourself, right? You, 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 you're, you're receiving all of this. And it's fine. We have some young crowds too in, in the Broski Doodles. Overage and over easy. And you might be thinking, fuck, am I even, am I, do I even deserve to be in this grill today? Making chalupas. <laughs> do I even deserve it? You might be thinking to yourself that. And this is where you need to fucking put those headphones on, go to Spotify, rate the podcast, and then listen to the latest episode and think to yourself, fuck, no. (laughs) I am who the fuck I am. Last week, when I did three Crunchwrap Supremes and I put a little extra meat on it and I put a bunch of fire sauces and I gave it to Mauricio and Kiko, that's me. I create moments. I enhance lives. I put a little fire sauce on the tip of my dick. <laughs> <laughs> and I made my girl lick it. I, I am moments. that guy. Fuck you, Randolph. You're 47. You're assistant manager at Taco Bell. Suck my dick and, and, and with fire sauce. <laughs> Leave mass. As you say, that, that's the, the slogan for, for Taco Leave Bell. Mass? Live, live mass. Is that for reals? For real, so that, that's stupid. I'm sorry. Nobody even knows what that is. That's Spanglish. What the fuck is that? Live mass. That that, that sounds mass. like a like 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 the slogan for a new church. <laughs> Live mass. What do they do? Oh, they fuck each other. It's a cult. What? Yeah, you bring your girlfriend. They fuck it. What? So we're pro. If the guy who's working the line puts two extra chicken nugs, he's a guy, I, right? I like it. Nugs. He's a bus. Nugs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if you're working if you're working the The graveyard shift. The graveyard shift at fucking Wendy's. And I come through at 2 37 in the morning. Alibi. <laughs> and I say to you, yo, what's good in the window? You look at me with like a look, right? And I'm like, yo, I'ma need Two dollar cheeseburgers. He tells me dollar cheeseburgers. Where the fuck do you think you are in 2002, <laughs> motherfucker? The dollar menu is not the five dollar menu. All right, my bad, my bad. And let me get two spicy chicken, crispy chicken nuggets from Wendy's. McDonald's. Yeah, you're late on this one. You're 2000 and late. 
spicy chicken nuggets comes in six six units but your boy steven who's working the graveyard shift who's high as fuck too who's high on ketamine <laughs> the fire fire now now right this motherfucker puts two extra nuggets on each of the orders that's four extra nuggets that's the guy you're the star Damn. you're the mvp he's a real mvp for sure Did you get your your hat that has an mvp it has like an m a v and a p as well yeah to be honest nothing against the inter of miami the but that that logo looks like like the a kid drew it <laughs> like a kid from an autistic school damn you, you're a hater today no i'm not i don't, I don't know i'm not hating you're you're hating on randolph you're hating on inter miami no nah, but but randolph needs to be hated on fuck randolph <laughs> Are we are we against managers? Not bosses, but managers. Do we fucking hate those guys? Or are we cool with them? It depends, right? Because there's two types of managers. And I mean, within there, there's many subgroups. But the main two types of managers. You got a very rare one, which is a guy that actually wants to come up. He's a guy that wants to trust the process. I start as a bagger at a supermarket and I make it to CEO. Is he gonna be a little bit of a cunt? He is. Because he wants to keep things running. And you're gonna hate him a bit because you wanna go to the back freezer and get a, a few hits of ketamine. And he's not gonna like that. But he's in the right path. He wants the store to do better, whatever it is that you, you know, if you work at a Kinko's or whatever the fuck, CVS, you know, you probably get robbed at a Kinko's. Yeah, Kinko's. It was a, the photocopy <laughs> thing. Okay. The shit that we used in high school. Yeah. Uh, mm. Fuck. What up? I don't want to lose the, the, the trail. Uh, okay. So you, that manager, he's a, he's a cunt, but, but he's righteous. Then you have the manager that has self-esteem problems, but for some reason made it to manager, and now he thinks he's the president of the IRS. And this motherfucker is gonna use that power. He is sort of like the security guard at a supermarket. You gotta know your place, <laughs> right? You have a baton and you weigh 267 pounds and not of muscle. <laughs> right you're a monk cop know your place same thing here same thing here i don't know i'm just and then that manager is the one that wants to make you feel like shit and knows you're cool he knows you're the guy he knows you give the two extra extra chicken nuggets to your boys that are coming he knows you but he resents that because he's never been cool in his life okay maria antonietta you fucking I need those vacation days, god damn it. Do you think that uh the second guy, the second manager, the the piece of wants shit wants to be the piece of shit. He's the one that goes up to Amanda and he's like, Amanda, if you want to become a cashier, you have to come into my office and we need to have a talk. <sighs> That's that manager. That's that Randolph. Manager. Yeah. Randolph? Damn. It's a registered pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Publix didn't do the background check, huh? And he is really good at stalking. 
Sheesh. Do you think he? Do you think he goes? Oh, Amanda, it's we're close and it's eleven. You have school tomorrow. Let me take you to your house and see what you know. <laughs> he 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 gives her a ride to her house and she just says bye and she leaves. And Randolph is like, she didn't give me a kiss, right? Or she didn't even I don't know. She didn't give me a hug. And I just finished watching the Jeffrey Dahmer documentary. <laughs> I had to come back tomorrow at the same time. <laughs> right. No, Ra Randolph, Randolph is, is, a, is, is a problem to society. But this is the thing. This is the thing. You did the background check. He's a registered pedophile. But he, he comes clean to you. He's like, hey, you know, let me tell you, look. Yes, I'm a registered sex offender in Arkansas, very far away from here. I would never touch a kid from this area. And this motherfucker is really good at inventory. One of the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone else never coordinates the thing. It's always like, yeah, there's Caprison missing. Where the fuck is this Boarhead's ham coming from? No, but this guy is on point. Sometimes you got to take the good and the bad. He promises you, I would never touch kids in this area. <laughs> This school zone is safe because of this job. Like, sometimes decisions aren't that easy. Because you know if you don't give him the job, he's going to pin He's going to lurk around. He's going to lurk. He's... <laughs> you don't want a pedophile to be unemployed. <laughs> it's not a good mix. It's not a good mix. I'm just saying. If... If you went to the interview and you got denied of a job, but you still show up, that's that's a problem. Amanda, it's not it's not safe there. Amanda's not safe. Amanda's gonna be in the box of a milk carton in a week. <laughs> Amanda is not gonna be the grave shift worker for fucking Arby's starting December thirteenth. Qué fuerte, qué fuerte. So, Is it a problem that there's so many people that don't want to work, especially the shitty jobs, that now you got to resort to sex offenders for your fast food, uh, you know, delicacies? You work in a kitchen, a high-end kitchen, but a kitchen never, you know, nevertheless. Have you had to resort to lowering your standards in the type of uh, em employees that you get? Yeah. Okay. You, yeah. Your your face said a lot, and you don't have to say further things. You know, like <laughs> the Broski Doodles audience is good at imagining. Imagine, right? Imagine. I want to say again, coming back to the to the thing, and this one is not. This is not an advice for the for the pedophiles. It's for the the rest of you. Your inner star, fucking embrace it. If you got Randolph at work making you feel bad and telling you shit, don't go and hit him and break his nose, cause that's not that's gonna put you many steps below in in in, in the in the stairways to heaven, right? That's gonna get you to the highway to hell. But do start writing down in a notepad who bothers you, who's a piece of shit, who's annoying, 
And at the end of the year, you get a chainsaw. And you destroy the paper as to let those bad energies leave. And then you go to Chef Marie's restaurant and leave a tip, you piece of shit. This is America. <laughs> and it's 30% tip because the waiters are worth more than the whole establishment. Okay? If you're a waiter and you complain about your salary, you shouldn't have gone to that singles cruise. You should have maybe, you know, done one of those technical school courses and become, I don't know, an eyebrow threader or some shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Um, well for, <laughs> for the people listening at home, at work, maybe you're coming out of a whorehouse and you need a little bit of a down time, you know. What was the name of those places that Jeffrey Dahmer used to go? To the bathhouse. Bathhouses. Maybe you're coming out of the bathhouse. Maybe you're coming out of a bathhouse and you came five times. And you're looking for a little bit of a refresher to go back in there, you know, and, and, and keep going. <laughs> the podcast is here for you. Chef Maurice, always a pleasure to have you on this podcast. If you listen to the podcast and you say, I barely understood because these guys have such a thick accent. We also have a <laughs> Spanish podcast that the link is below if you want to hear us speak on our mother tongue it's not that much better but it, it is a little bit more clear okay and for the people that still like uh to listen because of our accent i love you it is a it's a sexy accent we're, and I, we're and a I big hope. hit on on american women american, american women who are not racist 